podcasting from Baldwin, New York. Welcome to the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast, bringing you everything Baldwin Athletics, including news, game breakdowns, analysis, interviews, and much, much more. Prepare for the laughs, hot takes, hard questions, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, ready to dive into everything Bruins sports, Yao Bonsu and Tyler Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 12th edition of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Alongside Tyler Brown, my name is Yao Bonsu, and this week we continue our winter season previews for the 2019-2020 Bruins season. This week, we will take a deep dive, in-depth look into boys varsity wrestling. That includes an interview with our youngest guest on the show yet, Ruben Jovell, as well as the coach of the boys varsity wrestling squad, Coach Murphy, but we will not keep you for much longer. Here, we kick it off with Ruben Jovell. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with our youngest guest on the podcast thus far. He is a sophomore. His name is Ruben Jovell. He is on the boys' varsity wrestling squad. Ruben, how are you today? Uh, I'm great, to be honest. Uh, our first match in one week from now, from today. Pretty excited. We're going against Hicksville and... Yeah. Ready to get into wait. it. Yeah. Uh, so this is obviously the first conversation I've had with you, so I'm going to take some time to get you, to get to know you first, of course. You have been wrestling since you were in seventh grade. Can you explain to me how the process was when you were first getting a start in your career? Um, so I first got introduced by my cousin, uh, Christopher Go- uh, Christopher Almendares. Uh, he was really an athletic kid since he was born. And he basically got me into MMA and wrestling. And since a very young age, I was exposed to it, but I didn't get to start wrestling until seventh grade. Then I I met the coach, uh, Mr. Coach Fit Maurice. And he got me really uh, interested and intrigued into wrestling. And I just built a relationship with my teammate, my current teammate as well, um, uh, Daniel Martinez. And I wrestled wrestled with him to this day. And what is it about wrestling that that sets it apart from other sports? What sets wrestling apart from other sports, I believe, is that it's really a challenge physically and mentally. You can't go into this, uh, into this sport being the strongest and most athletic kid and expect to win every single match. If your brain isn't in the right place, you're not going to go far. And with sports like soccer and basketball, you have teammates to sort of lean on when you're like down or whatever, or when you need some help getting back up on your feet. But with wrestling, it's just you, the referee, the opponent, and the mat. So for you personally, what is it like going through the physical and mental battle with yourself? Well, I, in order to do that, I just lean on my teammates as well. Like, yeah, it is an individual sport. It's just you, the ref, and your teammate. But what goes into is all the practice hours, all the like the two hours and a half, three hours of practice you put every single day, just working with your teammates constantly, knowing that you're going to prepare as best as possible, just so that when you step on the mat, you're going to unleash and just win the battle. Win the battle. And even with all this hard work that athletes put in, sometimes you have to lose. And with wrestling, you can't. You. You have to blame yourself sometimes when you lose. It's not yes. like soccer. You can say, oh, it's that person's fault. Or basketball, it's that person's fault. So when you do suffer a tough loss, who do you turn to or who do you lean on for help or to pick your head back up? Um, I usually look at my coach, Murph. 
He just tells me what I did wrong, and then I learn from those mistakes that I made. And I usually go on YouTube, I ask my teammates what I did wrong, what I could have done better. Then I go into the practice the next day, and before practice even start, I start drilling with my teammate what I could have done better so that every single day, I can get 1% better just at the last day. I can be 100% better than the first day I started the season. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I'm a heavy advocate of doing stuff off the court, off the mat, or off the field, mm -hmm. and knowing that that contributes to the winning and obviously the winning culture that teams build. Yeah. But for you, you are somebody who epitomizes what a true student athlete is. According to your teammates, specifically Daniel Martinez, who you mentioned earlier, you pretty much have nothing but A's on your report card. So how difficult does it get to balance wrestling uh. and school? <laughs> It gets pretty difficult, yeah. Like, uh, this is my first year with AP Seminar, AP World as well. This is my second year with AP World. It gets challenging during this time of year, especially having, like, long practice hours, finishing at 6, getting home, like, at 6.10, 6.30 sometimes. It gets challenging, yeah. I have those, like, 2 a.m., I don't know, like, all-nighters, I guess, sometimes. Yeah, we see yourself melting down. Uh, melting down happened to me, like, last year once or twice. Yeah, I've gone back from it, I've gone up. I just told myself, if I finish now, I won't have to do it later. And also, speaking of challenges, one of the biggest challenges you've had to encounter is with your weight. And according to teammates, in one calendar year, you went from 170 to 130 in terms of your weight and weight class. As a 200 pound male myself, how did you manage to make such an adjustment? Uh, really took me 30 days because we had a uh, tournament at Hofstra. It was my first big tournament. It was my first year wrestling in seventh grade, and I wanted to make a challenge. I wanted to make it a challenge myself. That if I can make this weight, that there, nothing is going to stop me from doing this in the future. So I ran every morning at least three miles and a half. Um, I worked out in the afternoon with my teammates uh, weightlifting, and then at night I would go to uh, this place, Law. Um, it's a club wrestling place that I would go to Tuesdays and Thursdays from. 8 to 9.30 p.m. And how did you change your diet when doing all of those things? Diet? Um, my mom helped me out with this. Like, I would eat oatmeal in the morning to fill me up for, like, a good four hours. Then I would eat some fruits in the, as a snack. Lunch, I would... I forgot what I ate, but... Yeah, I would eat broccoli and chicken. At night, I would eat chicken or rice. Um, keeping, like, a balanced diet so I wouldn't eat too much. And, of course, getting there is a challenge, but how hard is it in itself to maintain that status and saying, like, all right, I reached this, I can slack off now? Yeah, you get those points. I get those, like, every other Saturday. Like, once uh, I finish a big tournament, like, at 8 p.m., I get home, like, at 9. I just, I want to order Chinese food. Or I want to order this or yeah, that. I feel you. And just, I feel you. Yeah, but... It is a challenge in itself, but you have to push through it. And throughout your career, you have not only limited yourself in wrestling on Long Island, but in fact, you've taken the opportunity to do clinics and technical wrestling camps across the East Coast. Can you tell me how it feels or what it's like facing off against some of the top wrestlers the region has to offer? It is uh, It is really an eye-opener to see like the potential and talent of other people and like the the talent they possess in other regions. Like I went to North Carolina once, or twice actually. And it's really interesting, I've wrestled this wrestler, I forgot what his name was, but I think it was Christopher. And he was a really athletic kid and he was really capable of doing anything that he wanted to. Like I even spoke to him like off the mat and I could tell that his mind was in the right place. And it really inspired me to 
do anything I wanted to like no matter what and what anyone tells me including my coaches anyone I can do whatever I want to do and it seems like the connections you've made down there are obviously things that you take in your game today yes I, I do and as a wrestler going to these tournaments I know Baldwin hosts a tournament every now and then and in other schools but you don't wrestle straight through you wrestle a match and then you have to sit for about 20-30 minutes and then you have to wrestle another match can you explain how it feels waiting and going through so many matches in one day uh, that is another big challenge as well because like once you finish school sometimes you have a big tournament it starts like at 3.30 you gotta get there really early you gotta start warming up eat a little eat a little bit like a banana or two then you, you just gotta fill up on water as well and also being the first battle of the day is just weighing in and making sure that you made that weight and then the second battle is just in your head and just making sure that you can do whatever like you can win that match and then the next battle is just on the mat you gotta prove to yourself and to everyone else that you're going to be your opponent and when you lose a match, how do you pick yourself up? How do you pick yourself back up knowing that you have another match in another half an hour? I just, uh, I tell myself that that was a past. I know my mistakes from that match and I know I can fix that. And then I work on it with my teammate as well. Um, right after the match, I'm like, Daniel, can you show me this? What did I do here? Uh, what else did I do wrong? Is there anything I can do to improve that? And that's the right mentality to have, obviously. With every match, you want to see what you did wrong, what you could do better, because ultimately, we're, we're just trying to get better. We're just, we're just trying to get better as athletes. Yes. And as athletes, every year, we go into the next season looking to build on the previous season's performance. What expectations do you hold for yourself this season? Um, I expect myself to, and I know I will, qualify for counties. I'll be and I'll county wrestling how do you think you could achieve such expectations wrestling like non-stop i practice before practice even starts with my teammate at drill and then afterwards i stay and just do pull-ups or i ask my coach for like um for new moves that i can do for myself so that like when I, we go into that match we usually have like a set uh, set of moves that people know that we're known for and I asked my coach, what are other moves that you can teach me that I can be better at rather than the moves that we are, we're already taught to know? And speaking of your coach, Coach Murphy, Coach Llewellyn, Janasco, yes. and Coach Stewart, how have they impacted the wrestler you are today? Um, another coach that impacted me today was like Fitz, uh, Coach uh, Fitzmaurice. Like they all just, they have a toll on how I think to this day. Just the mentality that I have, like how I need to be ambitious. I have to be dedicated towards anything I do. I can't just put a little bit of effort into the things I do and expect to be average and expect to be what I want to be in the future. And obviously, you know, you know what you want to do this season, and you know what you have to do to get to the point you have to be this season. And I'm just gonna read off a list of schools for you: East Meadow, Herricks, McArthur. Plainview JFK, and Southside slash East Rockaway. Those are the teams in your conference this year. Yes. What do you think of the list, and how much of a challenge is it going to be to make it to the top of this stack division? It's going to be a challenge, yeah, but we placed uh, top eight last season as well. Top, uh, MacArthur was our biggest challenge. We, I, I believe that my team and I will beat them this year. I know that. Including the, the rest of the teams, uh, we versus Hicksville next week, we'll beat them. We any team on the roster. Do you guys believe that when you guys are, when you guys have your mind in it, when you guys are practicing hard, when you guys are executing everything you're supposed to, that you could beat any team on Long Island? Yes, I do believe that. And speaking of the success you guys have had last season, 
He graduated last year. Matthew Kong made it the furthest of anybody on the team, ending the season as a Nassau County Championship finalist. What do you have to do this season to possibly mimic that success? Well, um, Matt, he was a really hard worker. I do believe that. He would go on like six mile runs from his house to the harbor and back, which was like a six, seven mile run after practice, after that two hours and a half of just working out, constant working, no stopping. He would go for a run and it really inspires me to start doing that as well, like um, just going on runs after practicing before, on the weekends when no one else is working, you want to be out there achieving, overachieving. Uh, I'm telling you, I really like your mentality. It's truly something uh, people need to take note of, Thank the you. fact that you know what you want to do and you try to spread that to your teammates around you. That's something special, I tell you. It's going to take you a, a long way. But including this year, you have three more years of wrestling left. Yes. When your last match of senior year is decided and over, what do you want the town of Baldwin, your teammates, your coaches, your friends, your family to remember you for in terms of what you, of, in terms of what you did on the mat? Um... In terms of being on the mat, just being an all-county, not even an all-county wrestler, a county champion. That's what I strive for by the end of the senior year. And I believe that our team can place first in the counties as a whole. And although you're young, I know you're a sophomore, youngest person to be on the podcast. Can you tell me what your greatest moment in wrestling was so far? Greatest moment in wrestling? That's a tough one. Hmm. Take your time. Oh, I think I know. Uh, my first match coming back from uh, when, once I finished seventh grade and I came back my eighth grade year for wrestling, I lost uh, like the dramatic weight loss. I lost like 40 pounds. Just so I won my first match. I worked endlessly just to win that first match, like a whole month of practice before we had our first tournament in Freeport. And I beat the guy like um, I would never go for like anyone's legs because I was too scared. I was too chubby. I didn't want to. Um, I would feel like I would get rolled over. I actually went for it and I succeeded. What do you want your teammates to learn in terms of the grind that you put in to get your weight loss down? To like just stick with it. Like make a plan and stick to that plan. Don't cheat from it. If you cheat, the only person you're cheating is yourself. And that's the mentality to have. All right. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. All right. Have a good one. You too. Thank you, Ruben Jovell, for joining the show. I appreciate your grind, your answers, your mentality, and it's very good to see from a guy your age. I wish you the best both on and off the mat this season. But now we move to an athlete, to the coach. Now we have Coach Murphy, boys varsity wrestling head coach, in the studio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, after having Ruben Jovell on the show yesterday, I am now joined by the coach of Varsity Boys Wrestling. It is Mr. Coach Jim Murphy. Murphy. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining the show. All right. All right, so first and foremost, before you were a coach at Baldwin, you also had a very successful career as a coach at Wontaw High School. What are some of the things that you had to adjust to when you were first starting out as a coach? Uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of things is uh, you know the the kids the kids you have to adjust to the kids every kid is an individual and you have to treat them as such. And when you were at Wanta, how did that experience impact the coach you are today for Baldwin? Uh, I gained a, I gained a lot of experience over there. Uh, it really helped us that our students were good academically. And when I came to Baldwin. You know, that wasn't the case, but it's, it's uh, really come a long way, and the program is really it pointed in the right direction. 
and along with being a high school wrestling coach, you also began coaching Baldwin PAL wrestling on select dates after high school practices. How does this experience help you in growing the overall sport of wrestling in Baldwin? Uh, it really it really helps because it's uh, like the minor leagues. It's a it's your feeder program. If you don't have a good feeder program going into the middle school, and the middle school feeding into the high school, you you know you uh, tend to have you don't have sustained success. You have intermittent success. And speaking of that, wrestling is obviously one of the sports in Baldwin that really puts an emphasis on starting the athletes out at the younger ages. Can you speak to me on how that contributes to how you look to grow the program over the coming years? Uh, you know, it, it, like anything else, practice, 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 and you make it to Carnegie Hall, you know, but uh, you, you got to, you, if you start them out young, you know, you get the uh, good habits in the kids and uh, the kids just blossom from there. And as you get older, of course, the struggles of a wrestler includes fighting to make weight, long practices and tough losses, among other things. But on the flip side, not many know about the challenges that a coach, uh, that a coach face. Can you speak about some of the challenges that you see yourself facing on a daily basis when leading this group of wrestlers? Well, like I said, I have I have 57 kids on the team now, and uh, every kid is an individual, and they all have their own individual problems. You know, some are different than others. You know, everybody's different than uh, the other guy. But, uh, you know, you have to adjust, and it's like having 57 sons. And looking at your coaching methods when... But I have one daughter now, and one girl. Are you going to train her to be a wrestler? We're trying. We're, We're trying. trying. All right, that's good for me. But when we were on the bench during a soccer game, you told me that to make a team successful, you have to come off very strong in the beginning, make the battle within... Don't make the battle within the team, but rather towards the other team or whoever you're facing on the mat. Can you further what you meant by this and how the team responds to such coaching? Well, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. Like I said, each team is different, but uh, I really like to have the guys bond together, you know, in a common cause, and everybody tow the rope in one direction. If you have any friction between guys, you know, on the team, you really gotta iron that out before you can be successful. And it's really, it's obviously, it's really those little things that contribute to winning on the mat and whatnot. And obviously it is the little things that contribute to the, off the mat that contribute to the winning on it. But when I spoke to Ruben yesterday, he often told me all of the little things that he does that contributes to what he wants to achieve this season. As a coach, how do the littlest of details mean, or what do the littlest of details mean towards winning on the mat? With, with wrestling, you know, and most sports, if you can eliminate the stress in your life, you know, with your maybe your mom or dad getting on you about your grades not being so well, doing so well, or uh, relationships fighting with you know family members or anybody in the in the household, if you can get rid of that, you can really get focused on uh, what what you want to do with the wrestling. And I'm sure you're aware. Going back to Ruben now, he went from 170 to 130 pounds over a rather difficult time frame. How refreshing is it as a coach to see a player that puts in that much time and that much effort and that much tenacity? into wrestling as Ruben did. It's it's like it's it's great to see guys like buy into your program. You know, you you're trying to you're trying to sell your brand of, you know, wrestling and uh, being a, a, a good individual. You know, and it's great to see guys buy in and, and uh Ruben's doing a really good job. And you mentioned um different brands of wrestling and obviously before being a coach you were a former wrestler yourself. Can you speak about how the sport has changed since you were wrestling on the mat? Well, they've really come a long way with the, the safety measures in wrestling, with the uh, 
when I wrestled back in high school, you could you could lose as much weight as you wanted. You know, it was really unhealthy. You know, it made me kind of really dislike the sport at times. And now, get the way the uh, the new rules and everything are in in place, it's really not. It's really you can really put the emphasis on your wrestling rather than uh, always losing the weight. Do you like the way that wrestling was when you were wrestling back then, or the way it is now in 2019? I think we've made I think we've made strides to make it better. And are there other things that you would like to see come to wrestling, and if so, what things? Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's an individual sport, so you really get to learn a lot about yourselves. I'd like to see it open up with the UFC and stuff. It's really opened up mainstream, and uh, a lot of our guys that have wrestled for me at Wanta, uh, Ally Aquinta, you know, wrestled for me at Wanta. It's really opened some doors to uh, really go in mainstream. It's not like a it used to be like a a sport no one really watched on TV. Now you got now you millions. Have now you have millions of people behind it. Yeah, that makes sense. And obviously, with the UFC, we have a, form, a former Bolton alumni, Chris Weidman, who obviously went on. So that's good exposure for Bolton as well. Because as far as I'm concerned, Bolton only brings out the best, and that's oh. something I've recognized over the past you years. Act, you actually have a coach here that's ranked second in the UFC too, with Aljamain Sterling. You have Weidman, yeah. uh, I have Quinta. They all they all train in the same gym with at Weidman's in Garden City, and uh, Chris. Weidman has actually opened his doors to all of our wrestlers, our entire program, you know, where we go over there and we train in the off-season, you know, so it's that they're really exposed to the top athletes in the world, our, our Bolden athletes. And how do the Bolden athletes respond to having such talent and, the pe- and people as coaches who have competed at the highest level possible? They... They, they, the program's really pointed in the right direction. Uh, we get nothing but improvement grade-wise. You know, the quality of individuals we're putting out is getting better every year. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens, especially with this uh, 2020 project they got going on here at the school. Oh, would with you the like new facilities and stuff, I think it's going to be great. Would you like to see more about it, or do you want to keep it under wraps for now? Well, I don't... I don't know too much about what's uh, going on but I know they're looking to put the turf field in and some new oh, locker yeah, rooms some new gyms stuff. you know but that, I think our program is gonna you know the timetable is gonna collide with that and it's gonna be really good around here alright and looking at you specifically many people do not know that you were formerly a coach within the Bolden soccer program how did your experience coaching impact coaching soccer impact the type of coach you were when you began wrestling and the type of coach you are now Soccer, soccer is something that I enjoy. I played my whole life, and uh, when I came here, I thought I could do both and give it a hundred percent towards both. But uh, I really, I really couldn't uh, manage it with my family and everything. So I, I kind of gave up the soccer and focused on wrestling. And now, you know, we're, we're, we're here. Right now. You know, now we're here where we are. But I still enjoy, you know, as you know, I still enjoy watching the soccer and. And the what success, Coach Supios is doing here, and the success of your, the success of your coaching wrestling wise obviously speaks for itself. Last year, Matthew Kong was one of the key wrestlers for you as he made it all the way to the Nassau County Championship. Who do you think this year can be your Matthew? Granted, they put in just as much work as he did. But it, I mean, that that tournament that tournament is so tough, you know, and it depends on who's on that day. And we have about five or six guys now that was not only one that we thought could make it last year. Now we have about five or six guys, and most of them are only uh, most of them are only juniors. So they got really got two shots at uh, 
being all county or being in the county finals or being a state champion or a national champion they got a long time to develop and speaking of that the Long Island Wrestling Association releases their rankings for each weight class in every school section among the section 8 schools Baldwin placed 3 wrestlers in the preseason rankings Keyshawn Rose was ranked 4th for 99 pounders Jelani Dow was ranked 6th among 152 pounders and Khalil Cuff was ranked 5th among 160 pounders knowing that these wrestlers received these rankings this early are these the wrestlers you look to lean on to lead, to be the leaders of the team this season? I mean, they're, they're all leaders, and there's there's a whole junior class, there's a whole bunch of sophomores in there that I'm looking I'm looking to see what they can do. And those rankings, they're done by somebody who didn't wrestle the matches. You know, you got to out, go out there and you know outdo the rankings. You know, the rankings are out there for entertainment purposes. You know, it's, the proof is in the pudding at the end of the year. Mm. And disregarding the rankings, then looking at the Baldwin Herald, I read that you said that Khalil Cuff or the article said Khalil Cuff and Jelani Dow were among the next men up for the Bruins. What expectations do you hold for them specifically this season? Well, I I'm, I hold them to a high standard, you know, and uh, only they know what they can they can uh, how much they're going to put in, and uh, I'm hopefully going to get the best out of them. You know, it's. Uh, it's, it's a real individual sport when it comes to how much effort you're going to put in, but it's directly proportional to what you're going to get out of it. And I was looking at the Nassau County Wrestling site earlier today, and I was looking at the teams that you guys have in your conference. You guys fall in Conference 2B this year. You have East Meadow, Herricks, McDarthur, Plainview GFK, and Southside slash East Rockaway in your conference. What do you think of this crop of teams and how challenging is it going to be to make it to the top of the conference? Well, the whole conference is pretty much pretty young. And uh, last year we did we did pretty well. Uh, McArthur dropping down. They're always well coached. They're a perennial powerhouse in Nassau County. I, I could see us uh, wrestling them for uh, the league championship at the end of the year. And how hard are you pushing you, your guys to recognize that it's not going to be an easy road to make it to the top? Well, there's not there's not a lot of wiggle room in wrestling for mistakes. You know, you, you're going to pay for them. You're going to pay for them dearly if you uh, don't take care of business. So that's been pretty much our focus is taking care of the business. And obviously now in 2019, Baldwin is a contender in that conference. But way back in 1986, a man by the name of Steve Shippos began and built what is now the Baldwin Wrestling Program program that you are heading. He had 355 total victories, four dual meet county championships, and a New York State Cup title. How have you built on the foundation that has been left by Shippos decades ago? Just a correction. Uh, Coach Shippos was here in uh, 1969. Well, I thought 68 was his first year here. He came from Iowa State, and uh, he accumulated all of those wins from 68 until uh, probably the early early 90s. I don't know exactly when he left because I was in the Navy at the time. But uh, Coach Shippos is one of the greatest coaches in Nassau County history. How have you built on the legacy that he left when he I mean, tradition, tradition. This was a wrestling factory back then, and I hope to get it back to that uh that stature. What methods are you imposing on your players or the other coaches to make sure that Baldwin reaches that standard once again? Well, most of our guys wrestle almost all year round. I mean, we're, this year we went to uh, camp at North Carolina State, you know, um, which is, uh, I think they're ranked sixth in the country. So our guys are getting exposure to the college coaches. They're really, they're, most, of, most of the guys in the program are really buying into what we're, what we're selling. Like I said, Weidman has opened his doors up there and these guys are working three, four, five nights a week lifting running and all doing all the work required to uh, get the job done 
and you mentioned how your guys are obviously working off the mat to make sure they get to the point where you want them to be but not many people know that you are putting in the work as well you are a retired police officer as well as have many different side jobs to go along with coaching how do you juggle all of these responsibilities as well as the ultimate goal you have in coaching and with your family uh, sometimes, you know, my family really sacrifices. You know, uh, the coaching is a selfless, you know, a very selfish profession. So, uh, you know, I really thank my wife and my kids, you know, for allowing me to do what I enjoy. And throughout your wrestling career, what has been your greatest accomplishment, do you think? My wrestling career or my coaching career? Either or. Uh, you know, I've... I've Wrestling has really shaped the individual that I am. You know, I, uh, I have had the privilege of wrestling for uh, a legendary coach myself, uh, Ted Peterson, and he really taught me a bunch of life lessons that I hope to pass on to uh, the future here. And speaking of life lessons, disregarding skill set, attitude, work ethic, or any of that, what is the number one thing you want all your wrestlers to take away from you when you are no longer their coach? I, I want them to be better individuals. You know, I want them to have an opportunity to, uh, to better themselves through wrestling. I've had some one of our assistant coaches here. He was able to get into uh, he was able to get into Binghamton University and walked out with a master's degree. And that you know wrestling really opened the door for him and got him in. You know it was a school he really shouldn't have got into and got in. And you know I was glad I could help him. When it's all said and done for you and your coaching career, what is the biggest thing that you personally will take away from your entire body of work? You know, wrestling wrestling's really been my escape. You know, I uh, had a lot of high-stress jobs being in the military and uh, being a cop. You know, I really like being around the, you know, being around the kids and trying to help them and point them in the same direction. Being a cop, I learned that uh, kids with idle time usually tend to get in trouble, so I try to keep them as busy as possible. And lastly, as the season begins to start, what is one thing you want all your players listening to this right now to know? It, we're, we're headed in the right direction and we're going to win. I want you to have the confidence and uh, buy into the program and let's see where it takes us on the journey. All right. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Obviously, you do a lot and I'm glad you found some wiggle room to sit down with me today. I appreciate you having me. All Thank right. you. There you go, Bruins. Thank you to Coach Murphy for joining the show this week. He is someone that has a heavy impact on every single athlete he coaches. And this season, there is no doubt that he will make sure his athletes are in top form on the mat and even better people off the mat. That goes for their entire career. Once again, thank you to both Coach Murphy and Ruben Jovell for joining the show. I appreciate you guys for taking time out of your days, your busy schedule to join me on the show. And we wish you guys the best. But on that note, that brings us to the end of the Balden Brewer Sports Podcast, Episode 12. Next week, we will cover not one, but two varsity winter sports. We have boys varsity winter track coach, Coach D. Carroll, in the studio to talk to us about all things this season. And then we have one of his runners, Mr. Patrick Mulvey, a very famous guy, if I could say so myself, in the studio as well. On top of that, we will also be covering co-ed marksmanship on the show as well. We will have Coach Palumbo in the studio to talk to you guys, to educate you guys on what co-ed marksmanship is, why not many people talk about it, but it's still a sport at this school and it's still something that needs to be covered on the show. And to add on to that, we have two of his quote-unquote shooters in the studio to also talk about the team as well. That would be Marie Drew and Chloe Socking, who are both captains on the team. 
team. And on that note, that is everything to look forward to next week. We'll see you guys. Be sure to stream the podcast everywhere. Talk to everybody anywhere. And have a good one. Thank you for listening in on this edition of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Be sure to follow us on all streaming platforms. Check us out on Instagram at Baldwin Sports Podcast. Join us next time for more news, analysis, interviews, and everything Baldwin Sports.